The Carolina Hurricanes were much like a nursery rhyme uh, this week. They were like Jack and Jill. They went up a hill and then they stumbled back down. Uh, welcome to the Canes Country wow. Podcast. This is Justin Lape doing the intro this week. Brett gave me the prestigious honor to do it. Um, but yeah, Brett's here too. Hello, Brett. Hey. Uh, how, how did I've you never, like my intro? I like. I like. I've I like never incorporated a nursery rhyme into an intro. So. It, it's that a was pretty good. Rhyme, right? Is that is that it's fair some, to say? Some kind of folk tale. Um, <laughs> folk tale. I don't. Is that is that a true story? Is that based on a true story? You know or what? The there's there's got to be Jack a Jack and Jill, and Jill out there somewhere that went to go fetch a pail of water, and then yeah, things went sideways. But you know, whatever. Uh, speaking of going sideways, art imitates life, or life imitates art. Exactly. Um, the Canes kind of went sideways they started on a peak absolutely dominating the red wings to start the week and then okay you you let a game slip against the devils and then you just fall apart against the flyers they um, dropped the pail of water then they accidentally stepped in the pail and they, they slipped went in it falling down the hill dramatically tore an acl and just yeah everything went wrong um yeah, uh, wow, just to start the week, let's go ahead and get into that first game, uh, a wild game against the Red Wings. I mean, it kind of expanded a little bit more in the third period to make it seem not as close as it was, but it was it was back and forth from that first part of the game, for sure. Yeah, Do you agree? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it, it was two fast teams, Detroit's very fast, not as skilled as Carolina, Ultimately, I think it was the skill of Carolina and their ability to finish on opportunities uh, that that made the difference there because the Hurricanes are just a better team. Um, but the Red Wings looked decent. They looked they were fast. Uh, they played sim- similar brand of hockey, except you know that blue line is nowhere near what Carolina's is. So um, you, you, it was you know they they played a bit of a loose game, but. The Hurricanes are good enough to do that, and especially when they're playing a team like the Red Wings, who are in a different class, uh, a class below them, or two classes below them. So uh, it was, it was an overall, it was a good effort. They kind of nailed things down in the third period, which was good. They kind of messed around a little bit too much for my liking in the first two periods. They kept it close, but they kind of stepped on their throat in the third. So um, overall, a, a good effort and. You know, you're going to win most time, or more often than not, I think you're going to win with that kind of game. And Sebastian Ajo having a very good yeah, game. You yeah. wanted to look for one in his his game because you he's know, turned it you around. Know, he's he's, he's yeah, back. he's starting he's starting to turn it around for sure. Um, yeah, and three point game for him. Uh, Sveshnikov continues his hot start and builds off the Michigan goal game. Um, yeah, he had a we talked game. about that last week. That was yeah. still can't believe he scored that goal. And I think another theme of this game was you're getting your offense from the back end uh, as well. Doug Eadie and Jacob Slavin, both three assists apiece. And, I mean, yeah. they were they were phenomenal. Phenomenal. They were. Um, and I just – I how soon until we really start having the national conversation of Dougie Hamilton in the early season Norris candidate conversation? I think it has to start already. Granted, John Carlson – what it's been bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> like if John Carlson wasn't playing like the best hockey of his life, um, 
then yeah, I think Hamilton would be getting more uh, notoriety. But I think people know how good Dougie Hamilton is. Um, he had a slow start last year, but I mean, even on this podcast, I was saying just be patient because eventually he's going to be Dougie Hamilton again. And now that we're in year two of this, uh, he's really he's risen even higher, uh, both ends of the ice elite elite player one of the best defensemen in the league um and now he's comfortable and now he's getting a bigger role from the coaching staff who is putting more trust into him which he has deserved um and he's playing like a number one defenseman absolutely absolutely and the he his contract is up after the end of this season correct next season Next season. Okay, so yeah. they have a little bit of time. But, man, if it was this year, that's the way to build oh, a, a conversation for a big contract. And, I mean, hey, if he continues this and then continues into next year, I mean, it obviously benefits the Canes, but it will benefit him a little oh, yeah. bit financially and as well. He, when, so. when his contract's up, he'll be like 27. So he's going to exactly. get a big contract. And oh, he'll yeah. be worth the contract. Absolutely, yeah. Because the way some contracts are stacked, it seems like more and more players keep going to free agency around like age 29. And that's where the risk starts to come out to play. And I think teams have become a little bit smarter with that, but you still see every free agent period where it's just, ugh. There's just some team that makes it. I mean, two years ago, it was Vancouver with the Roussel deal and all that stuff, like, and J.P. Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but the Canes, smart team. Um, But let's move on to the next game. Uh, They played the New Jersey Devils and lost 5-3. to Um yeah, just a gross game overall. A game you should have had in the bag. Uh, you know, you got to beat these low-dwelling teams, especially the ones in your division that haven't been great. That's that should that should be an easy two points. And yes, I know it was on the back a back-to-back game, which obviously Detroit was also on the back-to-back. Yeah. So. Um, and they had to travel. Exactly. So it's just these types of games you have to take advantage of, and they didn't do that at all. Um, no, you know, uh, do you think the theme here was a tired team or do you think, Hey, we could have used another save or two here from James Reimer? Well, I think that Reimer could have played better and should have played better. Uh, he, he was rough against New Jersey, especially early on. And, you know, it's, this is where, when you're a good team, like Carolina is, you start to run into problems against bad teams. I think the Hurricanes thought they were good enough to breeze through that game, and they aren't. Uh, not in this league. Uh, if you take a team lightly, they're going to beat you more often than not, especially a New Jersey team um, that was very desperate for a win. They knew that Carolina is off to a great start. They know that they were getting the backup goalie, and they they brought it to Carolina, and they definitely outplayed Carolina. They I think they wanted it more, um, and they got it. So I think that's kind of a lesson of, all right, you know, like you're good, and the Canes are good, um, but you can't you can't take nights off in in the NHL, and it it probably wasn't as dramatic of a um, off game effort wise as I'm making it out to be, but. Um, I think New Jersey just wanted it more, and they uh, they got the win. They they earned it. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, this is another case I think they could have used the, another save or two here. Yeah, um, for sure. But there's, for sure. there's positives to take away from that game. A little bit more than the Flyers game. Uh, yeah, that, let's, that let's was Let's talk rough. a little bit about that. I mean, at least the, in the New Jersey game, offense looked decent. Um, yeah, back end play could have been a little bit better, and obviously in goaltending. But, uh, yeah. Jacob just, Slavin got walked by Nico Heeshear yeah, on that he one did. goal. And that it's was, rare that he does. It's yeah, rare that, that he doesn't does. happen when to Jacob does, Slavin like, very cool. often. When that happens, you know that things are not quite right with the Hurricanes, and it wasn't on that night. Absolutely. It was a beautiful goal. It was, wow, that was a gorgeous goal. And then on to the Flyers game, where when Matt Niskanen has a two-point night, you know it's going to be a rough night for the opposing team. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, pretty much the offense was all around for Philly. Uh, Canes didn't really show much except for a beautiful little tic-tac-toe play between Martin Natchez, Lucas Walmark, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, overall, just sloppy play. Um, just not gener- taking advantage of opportunities. Uh, can't really fault Peter Morezic too much on this he one. He was left think. out to dry a few times. Yeah. yeah, he was left out to dry. So, um Again, it's just a game that was tight for a while, and then they just let it slip. But um, when you get back-to-back losses against division opponents that you probably should be beating, uh, I'm not saying it's worrisome, but there's bad habits can tend to form, and I think the past two games have been alarming. They have a little bit of a chance to to kind of right the ship somewhat uh, when you guys are hearing this. Obviously, it'll be the day of, but uh, against the Rangers. So... um, what, what do you think needs to change in terms of how they prepare for that game compared to what you saw in the Devils and Flyers games? Uh, the Flyer game, it was tight through 40, like you said. Um, the second period was really good. They played a really strong second period. They scored on Carter Hart, who was very good. Uh, they had their chances in the first 40, but they let it slip in the third. They just weren't ready, and the Flyers really took it to them, and they scored three goals in the final period. Um it's tough to say. I, I think they really they need to put together some full games because even in the games they've won, I'm not sure that they've played a real full 60 uh, yet this season. Uh, they were close against the Flyers because, again, I feel like if they would have won that third period, then, of course, they win the game. And I think it goes down as one of their better games of the year. Um, but, yeah, it, that was rough. And... You know, I, I think something that's been floating around is the whole seven defensemen thing. And they I think they're O two and one with seven defensemen dressed this year, as opposed to nine three and oh or whatever with uh with a regular twelve and eight uh setup. So I think this whole and and we're we're gonna talk about this later, this whole Hayden Flurry thing uh skating seven defensemen when our forward is hurt they gotta figure something out here um i think that's something that is legitimate i know it's only three games where the defensemen you play an extra defenseman but you gotta i mean when you're playing a defenseman four minutes five minutes and you have to double shift a guy like aho um unnecessarily uh all game I don't think that's very. That's, I don't think that's great. Uh, you have your best player on the ice more often, but you know, I, I 
I think that the way to go is 12-6. and six. Uh, They've been going with 11-7 recently when they've had to. And, yeah, I, I don't love that. No, not at all. Um, speaking a little bit about the seventh defenseman uh, conversation. Uh, speaking of which, obviously the Canes have too many. Uh, and Pierre Lebrun, <laughs> everybody knows my feelings about him. Let's bring that back you up. Have a, but, you have a long history with Pierre Lebrun. Yeah, they have a few that he doesn't know exists, but yeah. it exists. Yeah. So um, yeah. he announced that it uh, looks like the Canes are shopping uh, defensemen, and obviously Hayden Flurry and Trevor Van Riemsdyk were mentioned. Um, you and I talked last week about kind of like your thoughts on Flurry. You had a piece on uh, kind of how to handle that. Um, but uh, with his name now out there, I still. Me personally, I mean, I don't see. I think TVR holds a lot more value than Flurry does uh, on in a trade. He's a more established. Yeah, guy. You, and you, it's like basically on any other team, you saw TVR in your back, even bottom four. I, I mean, you could put him on a middle pairing, maybe on a on he a can be a number four, okay number team, f- yeah, number four, um, maybe. Yeah, but uh, and and not have to worry too much about it. He doesn't get walked too often. I mean, he's pretty responsible in his own end. Um, just, you know, not too much offensive upside for sure, but, um, yeah. yeah, So, so what do you see happening here? Because in my opinion, if those are the two names out there, it seems more likely that Trevor Van Riemsdyk would be moved than Hayden Fleury. Because again, the value is just not there. And I think it's just going to come to a very uncomfortable, uh, situation with Fleury. Yeah. I think one of them has to go. Um, I know some people think, um, some people, you know, they, they think that um, it's okay to have the seventh defenseman. It's never a bad thing to have too many good players, right? Um, but I don't like it in this situation because Hayden Fleury is a developing young player and he has been deprived of really having an opportunity to play in the NHL consistently ever since his first season. Um, I think you owe it to him and you owe it to everyone to make a decision. Um, I don't think that's too much to ask at this point. This is his fourth year, um, and you know it's he's been good. He's he's been good this year. Honestly, he's he's shown a lot of promise this year for me, and um, you know so you, it's it's a uh, it, it's a tricky one, especially since Fleury is an RFA pending and TVR is a pending UFA that makes things interesting so i i don't know how how you go about that i don't know what the what what the asking price is and, and lebron said they're looking for a top nine forward um we'll we'll see if they get that i think a top nine forward is something they need um uh, maybe uh, you know maybe another player can shock us and turn into a top nine caliber forward that we'll get to here in a second but it's it'll be interesting because the, the hurricanes. It's it, you know you, you at some point you gotta stop blocking Hayden Flurry and you gotta make a decision and maybe that decision will come sooner rather than later. I don't know what do you think. Uh, yeah, I mean the market's always weird. Uh, sometimes it seems like these trades can come out of nowhere and whenever a player's name is shopped, it could take forever. Uh, so um, I don't know. I think. Ultimately, I think, yeah, Flurry's probably going to be on the Hurricanes come the end of this season, I think. I think. Because I, I just, I really don't see the value in, in 
I'm, I'm not saying it, the value in getting rid of him. I'm just saying like he doesn't hold value to this team very much. I think you can. He's expendable, but I just don't think he's valuable on a market value. Like teams aren't going to give up a lot for him, um, which is kind of like how the mighty have fallen. Because I mean, he was a top ten pick. It's crazy. But um, and again, I think he could maybe be suitable on a back end role, but just not on this team. This team's too deep on D, and um, obviously it seems like he's kind of out of favor with Rod Brindamore, or just I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's yeah, very I awkward. I don't know what it is. It's it's kind yeah. of weird. Um, when you, you know, like, who do you prefer, though? I mean, if, if you're looking at it through the lens of this year and beyond, obviously TVR is a pending UFA, and Hayden Floyd is going to be an RFA. So with that in mind, um, I'm not sure how big the gap is between TVR and Flurry. I don't know if there is one. Um Again, I'll say that I've liked Hayden Fleury uh, from what I've seen from him this year. And honestly, I'm kind of getting to the point in my head where it's like, do you trade TBR, who is a pending UFA? Um, it's tough because I could I could see it going either way. I could see either way being the best decision. Um, what do you think? Which one would you rather keep? I mean... I just yeah, with TBR being a pending UFA, he's probably gonna look for more than what he's his he's worth. Um, so I think you let him walk. You keep Flurry, check. I mean, I guess give him one more chance, and then if that doesn't work, honestly, start looking at Jake Bean. He had a really good year last year. Um, the whole Checkers team in general hasn't been great this season. Um, maybe he's worth a look. Maybe he's worth a look. I mean. Once upon a time, the Gaines gave freaking Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin a look when it didn't seem like they were a lock. And, I mean, look how well that's turned out for them. So, yeah, but at um, that point, they were also not trying to win games. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but I mean, I, think, I still feel I think, like you can yeah, plug in Jake Bean and win I do games. agree with what you're saying, though. I do. Yeah. So, um, but, but speaking of plugging in a whole kind of, uh, Eric Halla. Good segue. Yeah, hurt himself. And it's kind of re-aggravating that knee that he missed significant time for the Vegas Golden Knights last year uh, with. Um, not a good sign uh, for a hot hand who has really been a nice addition to this team so far. It's been great. Uh, but, you know, I guess right now you better, if, if you know, for a selfish standpoint, uh, it's better that he's hurt now than as we get closer to the playoffs. Um, I think yeah. you can take the liberty to sit him right now, especially with an offense that, you know, despite a very rough game against the Flyers, has looked great this year um, yeah. on all facets. It's not just the forwards locked in. The defense is locked in. And, and you know, they're really pulling it together in terms of the offensive side. So maybe Hall is not, you know, the loss of Hall wouldn't hurt as bad. Um, but, you know, everybody's kind of gelling on the same page here. Um, but they did call up, and I'm going to butcher his name again. I did it like a week ago. E2, here we go. This Louis Storinen. <laughs> I don't know. I, is that still is? Get, I still can't get it. I still can't get it. It's is it Luasterinen? Luasterinen. Luasterinen. I'm sure we're both saying it wrong. I'm sure it's something. What, it's, it's like Andre like Sekera. Sekera. 
Sakura, Sakura, you know, whatever. Um, but well, he this guy is... Luasterinen or Lusterinen or Listerine, whatever his name is, um, he's a uh, he might be a guy we really need to learn his name because boy, yeah. that did not take long for him to reach the NHL. Absolutely <laughs> shorter than I was anticipating. Yeah, um, I mean, been a highlight for the checkers and an otherwise kind of gross um season uh but he has five goals which actually believe it or not leads the checkers um i believe only, it. only 21 years old and rookie. yeah rookie so um finish born and also second round pick in 2017 so it's not like he's i remember complete nobody but he yeah, was I, mean, I believe he was an overger pick i think um, I think he was 19 or maybe, I think it was the second draft eligible year um, and they picked him. And I think a lot of people were like, what, why? And, you know, it's a couple of years later and he's in the league and he scored five goals in 10 games in Charlotte before getting this call up today. Um, and he scored 36 points in 54 games in, in the league of last year, which is impressive for a 20 year old. Yeah. So, you know, it's, and, it's exciting for him. You're probably going to see the lines going a little bit of a blender and him move down into maybe a fourth line role. I don't know how he's views. I mean, Rod Benoit's not going to... I could see Walmart yeah. maybe getting a little more yep, action exactly. there. And yeah. on the power play, too. I could see so, Walmart getting in there. For sure. Um, so, yeah, probably see a little bit of a blender. So if you see first line Brock McGinn, don't be surprised. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, we've been seeing first line Warren Fogel, so. Uh, yeah, well. You know what? How do you feel about him so far this year? I, I feel like he's been fine. I, he's been fine, yeah. I don't I don't have too many concerns for him. I still think he's a viable, like, bottom six forward that can I be consistent, a consistent piece that stays there. Kind of like, honestly, what Brock McGinn has been, except maybe not as, like, hit-focused. So it seems like Brock McGinn plays such a when physical Fogel game. Fogel is in those, you know, when like the heat's up and it's really competitive, Fogel, Fogel can be aggressive. We saw that in the playoffs. Um, I think Fogel's been fine. Um, there's, I've seen nothing really wrong with him. I, I don't think he's a first-liner. Um, I don't think that's a hot take either. Oh, it's um, a very hot take. But he's a good, he's a good um, bottom six guy who can maybe turn into a middle six guy as time goes on. If he starts, you know, if if the offense gets polished up a little bit, he, he's he's a decent player. He can play in the league. I have yeah. no I have no real problems with him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about these checkers. Uh, they have been atrocious. I'll um, lead me to it. I, I want to listen. Under five hundred, four, five, and one. Um. Man, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a rough go with, uh, with you know, I mean, you had Patrick Brown, you have Andrew Polnarowski. I mean, you had a head coach that really had the room and was a big part of that championship team last year um, leave to take another opportunity. And, I mean, among other things, obviously graduating Natchez was did not help the situation. But I think the biggest surprise to me has been the absolutely abysmal play of Alex Nadelkovich. Uh, he has been what the kids say, hot garbage. Um, has no wins I, on the I season. I have heard the kids say that a few times. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's true. Um, has played in five games this this season. Uh, no wins. Uh, three eighty-five goals against average. But uh, more importantly, obviously, is an an alarming eight seven four save percentage. Um, just he had one good outing recently, um, and it was that overtime loss. It was two to one um, against the Cleveland Monsters. But um, other than that, like just not seeing the puck well, and just just. Yeah, it's just not going expected how literally the best goaltender in the AHL um, was. I mean, he was phenomenal last year. So it's just really alarming to see that. Um, I don't think it's just necessarily a matter of him getting back on track to make, you know, the checkers be viable again. I still think that, you know, goal scoring is a big issue. They rank 22nd um, in goals four, and it's just... It's just not looking good, man. I don't know. I, I think I, in my initial piece to start the season, I had them actually making the playoffs. I felt like it wasn't going to be as much of a cakewalk as it was last year. But um, I, I did think that they have somewhat enough talent on there. But, man, I may have overestimated them. Or it could just be a little early season slump. So yeah, it's I, guess, early. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. You never know. So, um, yeah, but, um, Julian Gauthier also has not, he had a good start in those first few games. Hasn't really been found the past four. So, um, it's tough when, when, when the team as a, as a whole is struggling. Like I even found this difficult when the, when the Canes are struggling, it's like, okay, so like what players aren't playing well or what players aren't playing well because the team is bad, you know, like it's tough to discern sometimes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Just I don't. I don't know. It's gonna get tough. Uh, November schedule is not easy for them. They play Hershey a few times. They play uh, Lehigh Valley. It was never that much of a cakewalk in Providence as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can turn a page. But I don't know, man. It might might be a rough season down in Charlotte. So, uh, nothing to look forward to really down there. But. Um, <laughs> Let's so, I guess we can go ahead and uh, shift gears here a little bit. Uh, each kind of podcast recently, we've kind of been having a random topic to talk about at the end. Hopefully, you guys are liking this. I mean, uh, you could always leave a comment on canescountry.com and tell us stick if you to are. Hockey. Shut or up you could tell us to stick stuff. to hockey. Shut up, you idiots. I don't know anything. Um, honestly, actually, you could just haze us if you want to. Like, we're, yeah. we're fine with it. Um, so this week, what's on your mind, Brett? What what do, we, what do you got on your um, mind? So the new Call of Duty release, right? Oh, okay. Um, we've both been playing it a little bit. Yes, we have. So here's my thing. Um, my thing with Call of Duty. I haven't played it in a while. Uh, it's been a few years since I actually played the Call of Duty. Really? Um, yeah, so I think the last one I played was Black Ops 2. Maybe Call of Duty Ghosts, if you remember that. Yeah. When it was the first Xbox One game that came oh, out. Oh, you're, you're one of the few people in America that played Ghosts. Interesting. I was really <laughs> good at it. I had like a 1.6 KD. I was like, wow, I'm so good at this game. That's why I played it. Because I was like, man, I'm doing pretty well. Um, so, yeah, it's been a while. And now I'm playing it again because uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you know, it's back to, to the good to the goodens, you know. It's been interesting so far. Um, I'm doing decent. Things are so different, though. 
people die so quickly in this game and, yeah. and perhaps the most perhaps the most annoying thing is that damn shotgun the 725 the double the, barrel it's the most annoying thing it's like i don't know if you played modern warfare 2 but the model 1887s when the game first came out was pretty much yeah, like a but sniper if, rifle it's not that it's not that bad but it's pretty bad the 725 it's a, it's a, awful a, Akimbo models were impossible to beat. Yeah, in impossible. Warfare too. impossible. Uh, crazy. But uh, I think, honestly, Brett, I know, I know you've missed a few. I, uh, I, my Xbox 360 broke it after Modern Warfare 3, so I did. I kind of missed the ghosts and all that stuff. And I just, um, when I ended up getting Xbox One, the first one was World War II. I literally just played the campaign. The multiplayer was so bad I couldn't play it. I heard um, it was bad. And Black Ops 4 is actually was one of my favorite Call of Duty so far. I've, I've heard good I, things. I'd probably put them, I put it in my top three. I wouldn't put it above Modern Warfare 2 or COD 4. But, um, I think Black Ops this is game, probably my favorite. This game visually, I think, is fantastic. Visually, it's out For of sure. this world. Um, but yeah, they, they like oversimplified some things, and then they just made some things more complicated than they need to be. You can't even vote on maps, which is in, has been like the core of Call yeah, of Duty. Yeah, I hate the, the maps. I wish I and, could skip all the maps. They're all terrible. I hate all yeah, the maps almost. There, almost there's almost. a lot of... There's there's too many sites. You know what I mean? There's too many rooms you can go, and there's too many thousand areas windows. you can look. Yeah, there's a thousand windows, and so it's just like you're on edge the whole time. And I think just yeah, the time to to kill or whatever is like way shorter than any other one I've ever played. Like you have to be very quick and just yeah, either that or just camp. And that's not really our style, Brett, is it? Now, <laughs> uh, well, sometimes it is. Well, uh, yeah, I'm guilty a few times, but um, all right. So that was on your mind this week, uh, man. We've been on fire lately between Righteous Gemstones, Star Wars, and now this. Oof. I'm glad I'll be transparent with you. Last week we said we were going to talk about Barry. I, I shifted gears because I haven't watched Barry yet, so I had to talk about Call of Duty this week. All right, you're on my list. I am pissed at so you now. Now I have to watch it because I I don't know what I'm going right. to come up with for next. We week. We will not have a podcast next week if you don't watch Barry, Mister. Don't make me come. I'll, I'll I'll watch Barry. All right. I said I that last week too. So I, I promise you, if you if you're disappointed, then that's fine. No, it's not fine because it's a great show. So no, I'm not even uh, saying I'll be disappointed. I just haven't watched it. It's okay. It's all right. I will I, watch for, it I, I forgive you. It's okay. Uh, but I'm expecting a full r- report next week. I will have a full report for you next right. week, I promise. Perfect. And, of course, we'll always have a report of the Carolina Hurricanes because that's what the Canes Country Podcast is all about. And that is a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can follow us at Canes Country on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook, Canes Country, of course, at Canes Country Picks. That's P-I-X on Instagram. And at Lanky Lape. On Twitter for myself. And what are you, Brett? At Brett underscore finger on Twitter. Read my thing yeah. I posted today about Eric Halla and his future. Yeah, come on. Canescountry.com. Read the damn He's thing. a great writer. He's a great writer. So I'm you okay. got to you gotta read his stuff. Um, okay is like a, how I like to describe myself on this podcast. Just okay. Just okay. Me too. Maybe have a guest next week. So that's a little tease for you. Um, we'll have Barry on. We're going to have him. Yeah, we're having Bill Hader on, so get ready. He's going to talk all about how... We'll be joined by Barry. He's going to talk about how great Andre Sveshnikov has been. Man, I almost just said Andrew Sveshnikov. Oh, my gosh. 
Wow, are, what a rough, what a rough Wednesday. Apart. It's um, Wednesday, all right. man. I feel all terrible. Right. Um, yeah, things are just terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> but let's hope the terribleness of the Canes gets turned around. All right, agreed. Um, that's a podcast. So you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.